Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed Word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. And let's pray. Thank you, MS Eugene. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for gathering us one more time under the umbrella of your presence. Lord, our confidence lies in the fact that you are the one convening the meeting and we are instruments in your hands. We pray that by your spirit, you shall carry these words that it would be it will be brought to your people in a language they would understand. Thank you, Father, for driving the message home in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 We thank the Lord. So um, we finished. We finished the series on faith is to stagger not, but I believe there's a couple of messages that we can. We can study from the book Faith Secrets. I mean, um, I don't know, for those of you who don't have the book, I, I, I'm not sure whether it's available on Amazon, but um, it's one of the pack of new books that were released, I believe, last year by Bishop Faith Secrets. Now, the thing about it is that some of the chapters are very short. So, you know, you can, you can take it and finish it. Today, we just want to talk from chapter 19, every bad situation is reversible by faith. Amen. Amen. Every bad situation is reversible by faith. It's one of those very hopeless situations that a person can, can find themselves in. And I, I encourage you to spend some time to read the Gospels. There are some there are different kinds of believers and their and their preference for different parts of the Bible. There are some believers, there are some Christians who don't read the Old Testament at all. And that is wrong. Because I believe it was St. Augustine who said the Old Testament is the new covenant concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Covenant revealed. Do you get it? So, so the Old Testament has the New Testament concealed or hidden in it. And then, and then when you are in the New Testament, it is revealing what was hidden in the Old Testament. And the Bible is a whole. You cannot just say, I mean, I don't like I don't like Leviticus. Bishop said we should we should read Leviticus. You cannot say I, I love those narrative portions. The Le- Leviticus is too complex. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there are people who don't like the Old Testament, but you should love the whole Bible. And then there are people who also 
love the, the New Testament, but they love the Pauline epistles, the epistles written by Paul. They love to read it because um, some people think that, well, you know, the Pauline epistles are the ones that describe what is the life of the Christian because most of the gospels Christ had not yet died. So the life of the believer had not yet been uh, unveiled. We all believe that God gave Apostle Paul special grace. In fact, we know from his writings and the writings of Dr. Luke in the Acts, you know, that um, Paul must have received some of the instruction directly from the Lord Jesus. Like in terms of um, being actually taken to heaven and, and re received some, some tutoring. Because in Galatians, Paul said that he didn't learn what he learned from the, uh, I think you may want to mute your phone if there's background noise. Thank you. So um, there is no dispute that Paul was given a special grace to elaborate on the new, the life of the new believer. There is a life, there is a life for the new believer. There is a, there, there is a, a description of what the new believer's life is. And even if we have new believers class, it is not going to be enough to completely cover the whole um, package of what you should have as a new believer. And so when you go to many workplaces, they call something onboarding. The onboarding is just supposed to show you uh, an overview of what, of what you are entitled to and the things you should be careful of. But how many know that even at the onboarding, they don't, they don't say everything verbally. Some of it as material they give to you to, for you to go and read. Yes. Do you get it? So as, an, as a Christian, there is um, knowledge to be acquired about your newly acquired status. There, is, there are benefits that accrue to you and there are responsibilities. And Apostle Paul, God bless him with a, a good... Um, not a good uh, wisdom revelation that some of which none of the other apostles wrote about. In fact, Apostle Peter at some point referred to the writings of Paul as scripture. You know, Paul wasn't one of the 12 disciples. He was actually a latecomer. But when Peter referred to Paul's writings as scripture, that approves to test with the New Testament that even though he was not with Jesus, he has received instructions that allow <clears throat> allows his writings to be special and to be received. But you see, with every good thing, if you take it too far, you can be in error. So we are not supposed to look at Paul's writings as a replacement of what is recorded about Jesus in the Gospels. Amen. Amen. In fact, Paul's writings are to explain, are just, you could call it commentary or explanation of the words of Jesus. And so I'm going to go back to the statement I made that you need to find time 
to read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because our whole faith is centered on Christ. Go back and listen to last week's message where I was talking about uh, faith is to stagger not. And I was emphasizing the centrality of Christ. The whole deal is that whether Christ is on earth as in when he walked the earth as a, a human being on the earth or he's seated at the right hand of God, in, in both cases, you still need faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You still need faith. Yeah. You do not. Faith is not only because we are here and we can't see God. In fact, I don't know, some of us, if we were born at the time of Christ, we some of us might not follow him. Do you know why? Because the packaging, some of us are so moved by the packaging that the package in which Christ came in might not have impressed you. Because he was so ordinary among the, the other 12 disciples that you couldn't make him out that this one is the Messiah. He was one of the guys. In fact, that is the reason why the Jewish authorities needed somebody to point out this is Jesus so they can arrest him and go and crucify him. That is why Judas was needed. If as he's walking with them, there was a halo around his head, like you see in the drawings of Jesus. If there was a halo, something glorious on him all the time, <laughs> you would not need for someone to betray him. You just need to know where he is and then they will just come march and come and get him. But even Judah said, the one that I go and kiss, that's the one, because they couldn't make him out. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of you are so sophisticated that when Jesus was walking around the streets going from here to here, you could easily write him off as one of these modern day Elijahs. Do you see? Yeah. Like Regina said, he had a vision. Regina said he had a vision. And in the vision, uh, he was by the, at the throne of God. And he noticed there were other thrones. Near the other thrones that were attached to the throne of Christ. And he said a lot of the people on the thrones were women and intercessors. Mm. Women and intercessors. So if you, if you are a woman and you are an intercessor, you have a double chance. Amen. <laughs> yes. But intercessor people who pray. You see, <clears throat> heaven is going to be very interesting, my brother, my sister. Some, some people who are not household names could be sitting on huge thrones and people are going to say, but this one, what did they do? This one, what did they do? <laughs> Whereas some major household names may be sweeping the streets if there is death in heaven. I don't know. Yeah, sure. But yeah. that is not to say sweeping is a bad job. But I'm saying people who expect to be at a certain place may not be there. So Regina said to his surprise, he saw a man there sitting on the throne. And that man's name was Angelo. And he recognized that the Angelo guy 
Well, first of all, he didn't recognize who he was. But the Lord, he, as he was enthralled by the guy's uh, majesty and the crown and all those things, the Lord said, ah, why are you looking at him like you haven't seen him before? You, you've, you've seen him before. And, and he said, no, I haven't met him before. And then the Lord said, well, you haven't met him before. And then the Lord said, he was, a, he was the homeless guy who was passing out tracts. And you, pa you passed a funny comment about him. Mm. And the whole video was played for Regina to see that he said, this is, this is exactly what you said. This is one of these modern day Elijahs who make, who bring offense to the body of Christ. That's the, <laughs> that is the statement that Regina made about this uh, homeless guy. Right. Because he, he didn't come in the right packaging. Mm. He was dirty smelly and he was trying to win other homeless people to Christ but he was dirty and smelly and didn't look like someone anyone to pay attention to so the Lord reminded him that you pass a funny comment uh, about him but he said the guy did not even win he did not win a lot of souls he said he could he, there was only one person he was able to bring to me, but he died a martyr. He said, what do you mean he died a martyr? He said he died one winter night in his homeless little, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, card, cardboard uh, 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 house that he had for himself. He was frozen to death in it. And the Lord told him, you see, he made a temple of praise out of his cardboard house. Listen to me. He said that God made a temple of praise out of his cardboard house by the roadside. But wow. he said, many of you have huge, nice church buildings with a lot of instruments. But even when it's time for praise, you, 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 you don't participate. Oh. Do you get it? So that is how it's going to be. You know, people that you may not expect to be anything may become something. And oh. the um, picture that was shown to Regina was that this person who you ignored, hmm. that person rather amounted to something. Are you following the message? Yeah. Yes. yes. So I, I, I would like to... Um, emphasize again that the the centrality of Christ Christ being the foundation and your whole the whole consciousness of your being is supposed to be raptured in the nature of Christ and when it comes to faith your faith is helped when Christ is present I don't know whether you've been you've been in a situation where you you don't know how to organize something, you don't know how to do things until your mentor arrives. The moment your mentor arrives, your anxiety disappears. Do you get it? Yeah. The person who seems to know how to do things, when they are there, you are not anxious. Right. And spiritually, as we keep speaking about faith, the real faith 
it's not what you can conjure, conjure up. The real faith is conditioned by how much Jesus Christ is real to you. That the Jesus that we read about in the Bible is the same Jesus who is ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God. Because your faith is supposed to be fueled by your faith in Jesus and by his faith. Hallelujah. Amen. And so when we say every bad situation is reversible by faith, another way of putting it is every bad situation is reversible when Christ shows up. Okay, okay. Because our faith is not faith in faith. Our faith is not in the faith. Right. The object of our faith or that which our faith is directed to is Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Our faith is directed to Christ. So we are going to read a very familiar passage. And that familiar passage is to describe to us how much we need to store up our faith or show up our faith just in case a very terrible situation arises that the faith is needed to reverse. Because the topic is every bad situation is reversible by faith. So we are going to read the story about Lazarus. You know, somebody said they haven't seen, uh, you know, have, have, how many have seen somebody called Lazarus? I have. You have? My ex-brother-in-law. Oh, okay. That, that is the only one I've heard. I mean, it's only here in Columbus I heard of a, a, a store called Lazarus. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, I have not seen Lazarus' name after anyone. The reason why I said that is I that could know somebody. Who, who, I could know somebody whose name is Lazarus. Of course. I, I was expecting him to be the first one to say because he will always say so. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, if we were to ask him, uh, where is the person? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the answer will be. <laughs> it's very but, common but, in French. It's very common in French. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. I see, I see. It's yeah. not a bad name. And in fact, both Lazarus in the Bible were followers of Jesus or, or believers in God, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I, I will go out on a limb to make a statement, and I could be wrong. That one reason why it may not be a common name, at least in our circles, is because Lazarus is associated with death. What yeah. Lazarus is in the Gospels died, right? Yeah. The one that, but you see, here's the deal. Life, eh, it is not how you begin, but how you end. Amen. That's it. Because, because even though both of them died, we know the one, the, the one Lazarus that died around the time the rich man died, he went to heaven, he went to paradise. Right. So we know his end. Is that not so? Yeah. And the other Lazarus we are going to read about today, he died, but Christ raised him from the dead. He had, he had, uh, what do you call it? Um, he had friends in, in, how do they say it? Friends in the high circles. How do they say it? Friends in you know, there's a saying people say, I have friends in uh, high circles. Yeah, high places. High mm -hmm. places. Yeah, friends in high places. You know, you know, kind of, that reminds me of, um, if you know, um, if you ever watch the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, 
Yeah. And um, there's one episode that Carlton interviewed for Princeton, if you if you remember the episode. And uh, <laughs> I can I can see Nene laughing. I'm sure he remembers it. You know, <clears throat> Carlton's uh, cousin was made interview for Princeton, and nobody expected Princeton to be interested in uh, Will Smith. Right. Um, and you know how Will Smith, he always wore his school jacket backwards. Yeah. He wore yeah. it inside out, right? Yeah. So he wore it like that and went to the interview as a some 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 a, a crazy guy who somebody. I mean, basically, he didn't want to go to Princeton, so he right. went there in a way so that they, he will not be he will not be uh, accepted. Right. And then surprisingly, he was accepted because he was able to do the uh, what do you call it. Um, the thing that has different colors and you can turn it around. What, what do we call it? Rubik's Cube. Yes. He was able to do that. And then the guy was impressed. He said, okay, you are coming to Princeton. <laughs> and the one with good grades, the one who is so supposedly serious-minded, who is uh, Carlton. Yeah. He, when he saw that Will Smith had gone there in his goofy self with his jacket turned outside out, mm -hmm inside out. He also went there like that. <laughs> and he went there with his heart worn a certain way. And he started behaving in that, you know, rascal way like Will Smith. Meanwhile, Will Smith told him, I, I was taking because I was just myself, but he went there as Will Smith, <laughs> talking in a certain way. Yeah. And the, and the interviewer said, look, your grades are very good. You, you, you have very good, uh, impressive records. Yeah. But I think your mind is not working right. <laughs> <laughs> and Princeton is not interested in people uh, people who are losing their minds. <laughs> so so it was a very sad episode. That guy would have been would have been accepted without yeah. trying to put on another thing. So so um, the uh, Princeton uh, interviewer said, "Look, I'm sorry, I, I, I can't I can't have you." And then at that moment, he couldn't bring himself up to coming to coming home to tell his father that. He, he was not accepted, but uh, Smith was. So he started threatening the guy. Nene, if you remember, he, he started threatening the guy. Yeah. And he, he held he held the guy's neck. Do you get it? Right. <laughs> and, and said, "Look, he was. the only reason I told this story is that he made a statement. He said he has friends in high places. <laughs> that if if you don't accept me, he said if you don't accept me, something bad will happen to you. <laughs> you know." And then when he came home, when he came home, he told his dad that he has been accepted with full scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately there was a phone call, which, and then he was rushing to go and take the phone call and the father took it first. And he was told, not only was he not accepted, he threatened to kill <laughs> the interviewer. <laughs> but, you see, <laughs> but you see, in the case of Lazarus, I mean, it matters who you befriend, right? It matters who you befriend. And I'm saying we have to come to the place of taking the Jesus that we know of from the mystical realm and bring him to, to the, the experience realm. Because, you see, here's the deal. If you were to go to heaven today, you will see Jesus sitting there as a human being. Did you know that? Right. He is our representative. He has not lost his humanity. 
he has not lost his humanity. Hmm? He's, he's fully God and fully man. Huh. And what I'm saying is that the whole trajectory of the scripture from his, li his life on earth and how he administered the kingdom of God all the way through the cross, the crucifixion, the resurrection, and ascending to heaven. Let us not separate the Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Man. Let us not separate the, the Jesus. The Jesus who was walking, whom we are going to read about in John chapter 11. Let's go to John chapter 11. And we are going to start from verse number 14. Now, it's a long passage. And a lot of the preaching is in the passage, so please pay attention. But the reason why I bring this up is that life on earth has come under the curse of the earth. And surprisingly, you know, Jesus' friends who live in Bethany, Jesus had these friends who live in Bethany. I don't know who is the, who is the older one. Um, if you look at the passage, it appears to me perhaps Martha was the older one in the house. And most likely Mary is a younger sister. And then Lazarus is their brother. Maybe he's an older brother or younger brother that we don't know. But one thing is for certain that Jesus, whenever Jesus came from Galilee to Jerusalem, Bethany seemed to be a place he would go and spend the night. It was within walking distance from Jerusalem. Do you see? Right. It was within walking distance. So he would minister in Jerusalem and in the night he would go to Bethany and he would spend the night with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Right. That's right. Now, what does that mean to you today? Well, what I want to submit to you is that the Jesus who is in spirit form can still is still accessible to you by faith. Amen. And befriending him and, and having the faith that he is with you and involved in your life makes a difference because there will come a day that you might need his help. Amen. In fact, there are, some, there are some writings, there are some writings that is not part of the Bible, but there are certain um, extra canonical uh, writings that some people believe that the Pharisees sent people to go and investigate Jesus. They interviewed Mary, Martha, and, and, and uh, Lazarus. They went to Nazareth to interview people who knew him growing up. And some of the records are saying that uh, at some point, Lazarus was actually not very happy with Jesus. Okay. Do you know why? No. Because Lazarus felt that Jesus is playing with his sister's heart. <laughs> because if you will marry her... <laughs> Why are you always coming around, you know? And Mary, Mary, Mary was always, um, you know, at his feet listening. And then Lazarus at some point, you know, this is all writings of the rabbis. It's not in scripture. But yeah. I think it's, it's, it's plausible that it, it may have happened that Lazarus said, look, my sisters, choose one. Okay, choose one. As you keep coming, declare which one is your, is your, is your, is your, um, uh, your, your beloved. But the point is that he was so close to them. And so now in John chapter 11, verse 14, Jesus is out ministering with, with the disciples. Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. 
Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Um. You know, I mean, Sister Elizabeth, one day when we go to heaven, I, I, I think we, we have a lot of conversations and questions that we, we will ask. But until then, we will reserve. Have you, have you, have you gone to a, a meeting where somebody is doing a seminar, right? And they will say, if you have questions, reserve your questions until I'm done talking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. have, have we, there are some people yeah. who say, I, I don't mind. You can interrupt me and ask, ask the question. But some people too, they want to finish the whole presentation after that you ask your question. I think that is the approach we should take to some of these things we read about. That instead of questioning it, we should just flow with it. And then when we get to heaven, we can ask. You know, but Jesus is saying that Lazarus is dead. Now, now what that tells me is that these are very close friends of Jesus. Mm. Why did he let him die? Mm. <laughs> I mean, look, death eh, is not a small thing. No. I didn't know death is that the level of the trauma oh, yeah. until my brother died. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe on the night my cousins brought his body before before they um dressed up you know before he was laid in state yeah as they took him from the uh, uh the vehicle i was going to yeah. say ambulance but it wasn't an ambulance right. as they took him from the vehicle before the, he was he was um laid in state and dressed up one of my cousins called me to come and look I said, I can't come and look. And then my brother, who is a doctor, who has seen dead bodies over and over again, dissected, he, even he couldn't go and look. Wow. Do you get it? Yeah. I said that to say that to have somebody close die is not a small thing. But somehow, to Jesus, it didn't appear to be a big deal. As a matter of fact, he was calling it, he was calling it, he was sleeping. Sleeping, yeah. Do you get it? Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Elizabeth, I'm, I'm reserving my questions <laughs> for Jesus. I'm, yeah. I'm, re I'm really trying to hold myself because if you read the verses before, Jesus said he was sleeping and then later he said he's dead. He said, let us go. Uh, and so now we are going to follow the, the story, okay? But but the, the, the point I'm making is that every bad situation is reversible by faith. Now death in the human experience is the ultimate bad situation. Yeah. Now, most of us, what, what, what the bad situation that is going to be reversible by faith, for most of us, it is not going to be a death situation. But the point is that if Jesus could reverse something as terrible and as, as, as difficult as death, then bring your mind and the consciousness of your faith in, 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 in acknowledging that when Jesus is in your close circle of acquaintances and friends, and you have placed your faith in him, it can actually make a very bad situation reverse to a good end. Hallelujah. Amen. So maybe I should stop my commentary and let us just read the scripture. <clears throat> so Thomas said, verse 16, who is called the twin. Let us go 
that we may die with him. Verse 17. And when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb for this. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. So, so, so you see, <clears throat> it says Martha and Mary. Often you hear Martha's name first. That's why I believe she was the older one. But the Bible says that the people had come to visit them to help them mourn. But when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, Martha left to go and meet Jesus in the courtyard, in the outskirts. But Mary remained in the house. And Martha said to Jesus, this is in the compound, before Jesus entered the house fully, Mary said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother will not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Amen. Amen. So let me, let me ask you guys, do, do you think that statement is a statement of faith? Yes. Statement. When she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Do you think it's no. a statement of faith? It was of despair. Okay, good. So that first statement is a statement of despair. It has a little bit of faith in it. But before she made the next statement, it's a statement that my brother has died. It is a statement of despair. And you could read into it a statement of um, disappointment with Jesus. Of course, we don't know what is in her mind. We are reading into it. But you could, you could say that because if you had been here, I mean, if you know the story, if you know the story, right? We didn't read the whole passage. A message was sent to Jesus. Yeah. The yeah. Lazarus was sick. Do you get it? Yeah. But Jesus, for lack of a better word, dilly dallied and didn't go immediately. Yeah. That is why I'm saying, Elizabeth, when we go, we, these are some of the questions we will ask. Do you get it? But when Martha says that, then in verse 22, she said, but. So you see that she's moving from despair to some measure of faith. Can you say that? Hmm. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Now, can you say that is a statement of faith? Yeah. Maybe. It's a, it's a statement of faith. Yeah. But you are going to also find something else that she said that will make you wonder whether she actually truly meant when she said whatever you ask of what God will give you, whether she meant that she, he, she believed her brother was going to be raised. But I believe it's possible that she said whatever Jesus wants to do, he can do. Jesus said to her, your brother, verse 23, your brother will rise again. Which is a future tense, right? 
your brother will rise again. That is future. Future can be tomorrow. It can be five minutes from now. Yeah. Or it can be a hundred, a hundred days from now. Or it can be when the Lord comes. So when Jesus said your brother will rise again, that by itself does not give an indication when he will rise again. Verse 24. Martha is now putting a time stamp on Jesus' statement. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Now, is that a statement of faith? No. No. Uh, I think it is. Okay. The reason why I say it's a statement, a statement of faith is that, you see, not everybody believes in the resurrection, whether it's happening today or on, or on the next life. Not everybody believes, not everybody believes that when people die, there's a life afterwards. I mean, we have had stories, we have had people die and come back, right? If you yeah. might remember, I believe back in 2004, 2005, those of you who were, who were in the church at that time, we watched a video at the church of Bill Weiss and how he died. I think he was bitten by a scorpion or something. How many remember that? I don't know whether you were in the church at that time. We watched that video at church, how he died and came back. So we have some of these episodes of people dying and coming back. But even that one, even that one, you still have skeptics. You still have people who don't believe it. Is that not so? Right. That there's any life. So if you today can place your faith in Christ and believe that when you die, you're going somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that in the final analysis, your body is going to resurrect. Why are you not calling it faith? Is it not a type of faith? It is. Yes. It is. Yeah. But there are levels of faith, right? Amen. The more what you are believing for can be postponed into the future, the easier it is to believe. Is that not so? Yes. Yeah. The, easier, the easier it is to, to exercise that type of faith. Like I told you, there is two occasions I try to raise <laughs> someone, someone or something from the dead, right? Amen. The one, the one that I had the confidence to pray to raise from the dead was not a homo sapiens, was not a human being. The human being that had died that I was going to raise from the dead, when I got there, I could not pray the prayer. Mm. Rather, I stood and watched like everybody else and went by. But the one that I prayed for, that a Christian sister of mine believed was raised from the dead, but I wasn't there to see, was a bed that had died in the garage at my workplace. (laughs) (laughs) He said, this is laughing. (laughs) I'm saying that there are moments that you will need to exercise a faith that is higher than the ordinary. Right. You can. I pray for the bed, and at the point, 
it was way past eight o'clock. Eight o'clock, I had to go. And then <laughs> later on, somebody said the bed had thrown away or something. So I didn't see the bed. Um, if beds go to heaven, maybe it will come and thank me when, when we meet in heaven. <laughs> but listen to me. Martha's statement was a type of faith, but it's not a faith that is operationalized to the moment, mm -hmm. to the now. Yeah. There is a faith that is needed in the now for a current situation that you have, that you cannot afford to postpone the exercising of your faith to a future time. Your faith can reverse a bad situation, but if the bad situation is something you're experiencing now, you need that faith to be in the now. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's go to 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. All right? Amen. Continue. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Then he asked the question to uh, Martha, do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who is to come into the world. How many, how many, hold on, how many of us believe that statement? Verse 27. Yeah. What Martha said, is that yeah. not what we also confessed in order yeah. to become Christians, to be believers? Yes. So you see, you and I can identify with Martha. Whenever you read the scriptures, try and put yourself in the shoes of the characters in the in the narrative. So Martha said, I believe you are the Christ, the, the son of God who is to come into the world. But you mm. see, that faith is a level of faith. What does that mean practically? That if I am the Christ, the son of God, who is to come into the world, what is that to you in the current issue you are facing? Because now we need to go to step two, step three. This is step one. Are you following? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. But often what we fail is that we fail to connect the dots. We fail to connect the dots between Christ and the problem. Because our faith is in, is in a Christ who is far, not in a Christ who is present. Mm. Not in a Christ who is present. Verse 28. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has come and is calling for you. Okay. So all this conversation took place in the outskirts of the of their of their house, but now Jesus is coming to the house, walking leisurely, whilst Martha runs to the house to tell Mary that the teacher is here. And once she has said this thing, she went away. Okay, next verse. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. So I don't know how far the distance was, but it looks like Mary ran. Did not wait for Jesus to come but also ran out. As soon as she heard that she arose quickly and came to Jesus, before Jesus entered the house, Mary has run, run towards him, okay? And keep in mind, Mary is the one who used to hear Jesus' words all the time. When Jesus came, she he seemed to be more preoccupied with Jesus and more preoccupied with his words. Right. 
Okay. Now, Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. So it wasn't even in the outskirts of their, of their uh, house. It was actually in, in the middle of town somewhere. Okay. 31. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, they followed her saying, she's going to the tomb to weep there. Hmm. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Where did you hear this statement being made? <laughs> Martha said the same thing. Uh, All right. Let's see how Jesus is going to answer. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. So pause here for a moment. You yes. see, I need you to see the humanity of Jesus. We believe in the divinity of Jesus. You know, soon. I mean, I've kind of lost track, Sister Elizabeth, I've lost track of the calendar, a liturgical calendar. I don't know whether Advent has started. Advent has not started, has it? Advent is not after. Advent is the, 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 the Advent is when it precedes the coming of Jesus. Of, yeah, preceding Christmas. I don't know how many weeks before Christmas Advent starts, but um at advent the focus is on the incarnation right mm -hmm. the focus is on god becoming a man is that not so mm -hmm. now i don't I, and, and that is very important because jesus was not the same as every other man he was divine he is divine but i also don't want you to lose track of the fact that in him becoming divine he did not lose his humanity so in other words, Jesus could feel pain. He could feel remorse. He could feel disappointment. He could, so, 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 so when you look at the two scenarios, what Martha and Mary met Jesus, Martha said the same thing as Jesus made, said. Martha said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus, uh, Mary said the same thing. But when it came to Mary, the Bible said Jesus looked at the she was weeping and the uh, 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 people accompanying her also weeping. Jesus did not enter into a theological discussion with Mary, if you know what I mean. The way he had that discussion with Martha, something else in Jesus connected with Mary that did not connect with Martha. Are you following? Yeah. His, mm -hmm. his emotional inner self was triggered. And so, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Verse number 34. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Verse 35. The shortest verse in the whole Bible. Jesus wept. Why is he weeping? He's going to raise Lazarus from the dead in a moment. Why is he weeping? Because he's human. That's why when somebody's relative dies, some, something like that, you cannot just tell them, well, since he's a believer, he's going, he's going to heaven, so stop crying. You can't say that. <laughs> no. There's a human element to this. 
there is an emotional element to this. And Jesus, when he was here, felt the same thing every other human being feels. I know there are Bible commentaries that said Jesus was weeping because of the unbelief. Jesus was weeping because of, but it's, that's not what the narrative says. He said when he saw them weeping, he was troubled in his spirit and he wept. Yeah. That's my take on it. Yeah. It's, not, it's, not, it's not strange for the Son of God to cry, to yeah. weep. Do you get it? And I said that for you to see that he feels your plight. He feels your pain. He's not, he's not um, uh, like uh, somebody sitting somewhere who has, has, not, who has no clue of, of how it means to be human. Then that you said to him, come and see. Okay, let's keep going. And some of them said, could not this man, you see, there's always the Lapore people. Oh, the doubters. There's always, there's always yeah. the Lapore people around. Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Of course he could. Of course he could. But the, 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 the moral of the story is that God has reserved some mysteries for us not to understand. That's right. And for us to try and explain everything that God does, that will make us in the same category as God. Mm. Do you get it? Yeah. There are some things, there are some things that are above our pay grade. So one day President Obama was being interviewed before he became president. They, somebody wanted to corner him to, uh, to answer a controversial uh, uh, political question. He didn't want to answer. He said, this one is above my pay grade. <laughs> we, we must accept that there are certain things are above our pay grade, that our minds are not to that level to understand. And so why he allowed him to die before coming to raise him up is one of the questions that when we get there, it's Elizabeth, you and I, we will book an appointment. Yeah. We will go I, and, and I sit think down. it was just to manifest his power to show that he is able to raise the dead. Whereas if he hadn't died, it, people will not see it that way. It's like raising somebody is more powerful to the human person than not letting the person die. That's how I feel. I, I feel that way too, but that is the spiritual uh, answer to the question. There is also, there is also the emotional, there's also the emotional, uh, and I believe that totally. And that is actually uh, later in the verses, it, I think it says so. But I'm talking about, I'm talking about the trauma that the person goes through before they come out of it. That um, it's like, in a way, it is, you know, it's like the same thing that happened to Mary, right? It's the same thing that happened to Mary, Jesus, the mother of Jesus. That why did God let her through that? And it, Jesus is going to eventually resurrect from the dead. But, but she had to suffer, you know, yes. to see her son die that type of death. And then, and then later come to see the glory. And, and, and that's definitely the, uh, the answer. But I'm saying that God in his wisdom allows human suffering, allows certain things to happen that's in right. order to reveal his glory. The same thing with the, the story with the blind man, John chapter 9 or John chapter 10. He was blind and, and then the people came to ask Jesus, was this man blind because of his sins or because of his, his uh, appearances? Actually, that was a, such a stupid question because if the Bible said that the man was born blind, if he was born blind, how could it have been his sins? Because as a baby, he, how could he commit any sins? But they came to ask Jesus, was he 
uh, uh, blind because of his his own sins or his his parents' sins, maybe. But Jesus said, "It's neither this nor that, but so that the glory of God will be manifested." Yes. So we want the glory of God, but if we want the glory of God, we must understand some things will go south, some mm. things will go a certain negative trend, in order to Sister Elizabeth's point to give God the opportunity to display his glory. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. So, let's keep going. And Jesus, again, groaning in himself. He's groaning in himself because it's probably reminding him of the whole story of the fall of man and how death came into the world. Came to the tomb, it was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone, Martha. Uh, take away the stone, Martha. The sister of him who was dead said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stretch, for he has been dead for this. Okay. Hmm. Some say she was just warning Jesus. She had previously said, even today, even now, whatever you ask the Father, he will give it to you. But when it came to the moment, mm-hmm. she fought he thought it necessary to tell Jesus the reality yeah. that he's not just dead, yeah. but he's dead actually his decomposition has begun. Mm-hmm. Did I not say to you that if you will believe, you will see the glory of God? Mm. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who I am standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. This was what Elizabeth was saying. Okay. Now, when he had said this, thing, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, lose him and let him go. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The many of the Jews who had come to Mary had seen the things they believed in him. Now, if you know the story narrative, this is one main thing that triggered the arrest of Jesus to be crucified. Yeah. This raising of Lazarus, it was strategic to Jesus going to the cross. As a result of Lazarus dying, that's when the next moment you hear the Jewish elders gathering and say, you know what, this one there, this one there, we, if we don't stop him, the people yeah. are going to make him the king. Yeah. So perhaps it was necessary also to show his glory and power, but also it was going to be the triggering event that will make Jesus be arrested. It was all part of God's plan. Some of the unfortunate things we happen to us are part of God's grand schema of things. Mm-hmm. But the important thing for us to remember is that these stories are not just to be read as a story in a novel. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, verse 5, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. There's going to be situations in your life and in my life. It may not be somebody dying. It may be some other situation. That, mm. that, that there is no other way around it except that God intervenes. And in those moments, you're going to need faith. And when you need the faith, it's not when you start gathering the faith. In the mm. same way that when you are buying the car from the dealer, and it is time, it is time to write the check. That is not the time to call your boss. You want extra hours 
so that you, so, to, to get more hours of work so that you can get more pay. No, 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 no. You, you, you should have done that a while back and accumulated the money. Yeah. So at that time, the check must work. And these days, these days, I mean, back in the day, you have to take the, the check to the bank. But now, the, you don't do so. If there's no money now, you, thinking, that, okay, it's Friday. So by Monday, you put money in that. No, 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 no. They are going to run that thing right now electronically. So also your faith must be built up for the proverbial rainy day. Amen. Let's bow our head and pray. Powerful. Amen. Father, we love you. We appreciate you. And we thank you for your grace and for your mercy. Help us, Lord, help us that we will build up faith. Hmm. Not faith in faith, but faith in the resurrected Messiah. May we experience him as someone who is not just in heaven, but he is part of our human experience here on earth. May this faith grow so that in a day we need to exercise a faith for an impossible situation. We will have it. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's bring Amen. out our offering to the Lord. Father, we pray. You who are owner of heaven and earth, we take out that which you have given us and we give to you of our tithes and our offerings. We say receive it and bless it. Let it bring honor to your name in the preaching of the gospel and the, and the extension of the kingdom of God. And remember us as we give. May we also prosper here in the name of Jesus. Amen.